Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, where transformation happens every single day. And in this podcast, you are going to meet someone who has had an extraordinary rise to the top really quickly after working very, very hard. You know how it is, right? Overnight success takes quite a long time. But in this case, you're going to hear from Lisa La Liberté Al, and I'm hoping I'm saying her name correctly. She is formerly trained interior design professional from Moscow. She got her interior architecture degree in Moscow. And then now she lives in New Jersey and she took the NCIDQ and she's become an interior designer. She had a rough start to her business, but she found us at Business of Design, immediately made changes, and it has been a supersonic rise to success. And in about a year and a half, has completely transformed her business, made sweeping changes, and is continuing to improve her systems. There's nothing I can teach you that Lisa isn't able to explain firsthand, so I'll let her do that. But it was such a great conversation. I'm so glad you're here because you'll love meeting Lisa. Let me tell you about Lisa. She is a full-service interior designer, and she's known for unique, soft, contemporary interiors, but she has a European touch, and she works with prominent clients in northern New Jersey and Manhattan. She has a degree in interior architecture from Moscow, and then she earned her NCIDQ certification in the United States. You'll be able to tell from listening to her that she really is a keen problem solver and she's very much committed to making sure clients feel comfortable through the whole process. She wants to customize their space. She wants to take care of finding all the resources. She wants to deal with all the challenges so that it's a great experience for her clients. Lisa stays on top of design trends by regularly attending conferences like the Business of Design Conference last January and trade shows in Paris and Milan. And by the way, we've been thinking for a long time, we really all need to do a trip to Maison Objet in Paris. So expect announcements about that in 2022. You can find Lisa on Facebook and Instagram under the handle La Liberté Interiors. Go to businessofdesign.com to get the show notes and keep in touch with her. She's definitely one to watch. I also want to say hello to Virginia Toledo and Jessica Geller, who've been on the podcast before. I hear from Lisa that you guys are on fire and you just moved into a new space. Couldn't be more excited for you. Come back on the show and tell us what's going on, guys. Before we jump into the show, let's hear from Cheryl Horn. And thanks. Thanks for being here, everyone. Well, as we wrap up 2020, we are looking ahead to 2021. And on December 9th, our next BOD Live, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. We want to know what you're looking forward to, what you are planning, and what you're really committed to in your business for 2021. We have BOD member and New York designer Darcy Heather joining us, and she's going to kick things off by sharing her own New Year's resolutions. It was really nice to see in the November BOD Live so many designers sharing candidly what 2020 looked like for them, um, what projects look like, income look like. I, it was a really open conversation, which was nice to see. And I think it helps that we can see one another now that it's a meeting. It's not a webinar. And 
you know, that face-to-face really opens things up, which is nice. So we're looking forward to that. And we hope all our Business of Design members can join us. Again, that's going to be on December 9th. So also looking ahead to 2021, we are continuing to work on new and updated content for our members. So we have a bit of a running list in the member dashboard of, of what's new and what's to come. And we'll certainly be updating that list by the end of the year. So lots to look forward to for 2021. Take care. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Well, hello, Lisa La Liberté. Uh, did I say that even remotely correctly? Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> correct. You say it, you say it, so everyone can hear how beautiful uh, it actually Lisa is. Lisa La Liberté Al. Oh, so gorgeous. And you are originally from Moscow? Yes. Tell me, okay, how you're from Moscow, you live in New Jersey, you have a French, beautiful French accent. Explain all of that. <laughs> There's a romantic story involved. <laughs> um, so I uh, used to live in Moscow and I graduated as an architect there. And I had my own firm there, which was very successful. And I was working um, only with luxury new build homes at that time. And you know how it happens. I had one first client uh, who recommended me to five of their neighbors who were building homes in the same area. So <laughs> this is how. Um, so I was happy. I didn't want to immigrate, didn't want to move anywhere. Uh, then I went to London for um, just a vacation trip. And then I met there my husband. <laughs> Um, accidentally and uh, so we started dating and then pretty quick we realized that it's serious and um, so we are dating for a year which I would come every two weeks to London and then would go back to Moscow (laughs) meeting my clients and then go back to London and work remotely from there so it was pretty amazing Uh, and after a year we got married in France because my husband is French Uh, and then we decided to move to U.S. So five years ago, we uh, took a plane and arrived into New York, uh, and first we lived in Manhattan. And I literally had absolutely zero people I I knew in the United States. So uh, then I I decided I'm going to start working for an architectural firm, uh, which I did for two years for an amazing team, um, BW Architects. (laughs) And... Uh, but then I got my uh, baby and I decided to quit my job. And then after six months, I started my business, interior design. And I can tell you, Kimberly, the first year, it was a disaster. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, and it was so surprising for me because I was so successful back in Moscow. And then all of a sudden, like nothing worked what I used to, to do. Was, it, was, it, uh, was that because it was formerly, it was architecture and now it was interior design? Or was it because you were in a different country? Why did it, what do you think made it successful before, but not when you got to the U.S.? 
You know, the first of people's expectations in general, like the market of interior design here in the US and in Russia and Europe is a bit different. And the way we do things uh, in Russia, for instance, people don't do hourly rates, never. It's always flat fees. And it's usually based on square footage. And then, yeah, we're basically more focused on doing the concept of design, like 3D renderings of rooms. And then the um, selection of actual pieces is actually the extra uh, service, which people pay separately. Okay. So here I was trying to combine these two because here people expect that you present the, you know, the presentation and they see the actual pieces. Uh, and I was still trying without you know, figuring out budget in the beginning, without deep diving into people's styles. But I was just trying to, to pour like oh, hundreds of pictures of chairs, you know, on the poor <laughs> people. <laughs> and, and they were like having uh, big eyes and they... So after uh, a few of these useless meetings like that, they would lose the trust in me. Right. And then they would start asking questions. They, they would send me like hundreds of Pinterest uh, links. Right. And boards and At the point that clients start sending you links and direction, there's something desperately wrong in the relationship, right? Yeah. I also want to acknowledge how... <laughs> Lisa, you must be like so much smarter than I am because I'm a native born American, speak English, understand the money, understand the culture. And I struggled so hard to make it in this business. And here you come from a totally different country. You have to learn new money. You have to learn a new language and you have to learn a whole new culture. Like I, I can't even imagine how overwhelming that must have been. You know, the most complicated were changing from a uh, metric system to the you know, inches. Right. <laughs> that was the most challenging. Everything else, I think that, you know, uh, when I found an you know, OBD system after, you know, this first year, which I didn't make any money, like I was you know, desperate. I had a little baby at home. <laughs> so it was really, yeah. uh, really tough. Uh, and then someone, like I was you know, browsing Facebook and I saw someone was you know, talking about your systems and I like, okay, so it sounds interesting. So I uh, went on your website and bought a book first. And uh, so I read a book, it was uh, amazing. So I, then I immediately signed up for a membership and I started reading it all. And I was like, that just, this can't work. Like, that's kind of, <laughs> <this is> weird. <laughs> There's and, no way this is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. I get that. <laughs> but uh, because I was desperate already, so what would I lose? And I had one small, relatively small project. At that time to start, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to try it once on this small project and see how it goes. Um, and uh, that was a renovation of family room with a powder room and a really great client. Uh, and so I met with them first time, it was paid consultation and for, for the first time in my life. Oh, the very first time you did a paid consultation. So previously yes, yes. You, you go to look-sees or meet and greets. Yeah. Okay. So the next explained to them, you know, the process, uh, then, um, so they liked it. <laughs> and then I, I told them, okay, next time you're going to see me for the presentation. And we had a trade day also in between that with a contractor. Uh, and then so this presentation, I was so nervous. Like I did all the design, um, <laughs> yeah. and I showed them, and I'm sitting like, a, like sitting so nervous. And they looked at me and they say, yeah, we love everything. Like, what do we need to sign? And I was like, 
<laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome to the USA, right? Where people just go, yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh, I'm in. Same thing in Canada, yeah. turns out. Same thing in Australia. Same thing in London, England. Same, same. So, okay, so yeah, fast cool. forward now, catch us up. How robust is your business? How are you finding things during 2020, which is a crazy year? And uh, I want to talk about what we think might be your special secret sauce, which is your ability to manage the client's expectations, which is so important. So so first of all, tell us where you're at. Tell us what's happening in, in New Jersey uh, with COVID and business. And then, and then I want to ask about managing clients' expectations. Well, here in Jersey, we're extremely busy right now. And I get new inquiries every day. So every day, the phone ring wow. or my email. <laughs> yes. And I can tell you that already I took uh, so many clients. I, I need to start to say no to people. Yeah. Um, and most of these people is uh, referral or repeat clients, which is amazing. Some of them are from my local town where I live, and I want to focus more on the local people yeah. because then you don't need to do any marketing. They do marketing for you. Yes, exactly <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, it was a bit slow, maybe three months ago, like you know, yeah. spring and summer. Uh, but I used that time to uh, work on my business. So I rewatched all 15 steps. I, I did a boot camp um, and BOD boot camp. Right, um, right. Yes, I did also, uh, yeah, so I, I systemized all my templates, like my card, you know, templates, my yeah. forms, um, tracking forms. So it, it was a lot of work. Yeah. So and I'm really actually glad that I had this slowdown time before now when everything just accelerates. Um, yeah, you used it well, right? You didn't waste this opportunity because we might not get this pause in the universe again, you know, in the next 20 years. We hope we don't <laughs> <Exactly>. anyway, <laughs> but good for you. Yay. Okay. Um, and so speaking about clients' expectations, uh, that, uh, as I said, I use 15 uh, steps, uh, project management strategy. Uh, right now I work mostly with mid-range clients like that, who they don't have unlimited budgets. Mm -hmm. So when they come to me, beginning so they always they want to know like how much it's going to do it's going to cost to uh, to do what they want to do but of course in the very beginning I cannot tell them that uh, but it's I also good that you know that by the way because there are yes, so many people listening right now and they're like wait a minute don't I have to give them a number isn't that what I'm supposed to be able to do no you couldn't possibly know what it's going to cost when you first meet the client no way so good exactly and this I'm Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, explaining to them how this um, you know, uh, discovery of the realistic budget is built into my process uh, to you know, their mind benefit. So uh, between the first present, uh, consultation, where I uh, you know, we talk about their uh, general lifestyle, like in the consultation, I usually, if it's a consultation that leads to the project, I usually don't uh, deep dive into their style. Um, I'm, I talk mostly about the challenges, the lifestyle, the family, you know, how many people they need to sit into their family room, this kind of thing. So I can have a you know, sense of the functional needs. Then I'm, I'm explaining them my process and I'm going to tell them. So next time, um, so I, I have a you know, next meeting is going to be trade day with, uh, and the client can be there or they might not be there. Uh, but I don't talk to them too much at this meeting. Uh, then it's going to next meeting is going to be uh, style discovery, which is separate from what 
anything else. And on the style discovery, we talk purely about their aesthetic, like what colors do they like, what textures, and show them a lot of images to understand their, you know, not only their aesthetic, but also do they navigate towards more luxury look, or do they like, do they, you know, are they happy with more, you know, <laughs> yeah. medium, you know what I'm talking about. Can I ask uh, a question so, about that? Because I'm just wondering mm -hmm. why you wouldn't incorporate that conversation into the consultation and then follow it up at trade day, which is what I do. So I don't need that extra meeting because mm -hmm. most of my clients, mid-range or high-end, they're so busy. They don't want multiple meetings. And the more meetings you take with clients, the more likely you are to get links and Pinterest board pictures during the middle of the process. So I'm just curious why, mm -hmm. you, have yeah. you, why you hadn't thought of why you haven't tried it at the consultation or at trade day? I tried it. <laughs> uh, and I think it's also a question of, you know, practicing. Uh, when you have maybe you already, you know, did hundreds of consultations, you already know exactly, you know, how to structure it. Uh, but for me, I only, like, basically a year, a year and a half ago, started doing paid consultations. So, and I found out that sometimes, you know, when clients have a lot of, like, you know, uh, space planning issues. We uh, talk about them first, and I see it's already hour and a half. We only talked about that, and I only have half an hour just to explain my process. And I always need like forty-five minutes to explain process and read my contract. Yeah. And there was just for me, for for me, it, there was not time to do you no know, proper style discovery. Lisa sort of introduces an interesting dilemma we have at Business of Design: modifications. I would never suggest that you make zero modifications to the process we teach. However, I would strongly suggest you try everything exactly as it's prescribed first, long enough to see it if it actually works. Because there are protocols and strategies I teach which I did not immediately think would work at all. And when I tried them after hitting my head against the wall for years, in fact, they worked. They were really positive or they wouldn't be part of the process. I've tried it all, so trust me. I'll give you an example. In 2004, when we launched Business of Design, I did not send log sheets to clients each month along with the billable hours. I didn't do that because I was positive it would be a mistake. I was positive it would invite more questions, which I didn't want from clients. I just wanted them to pay their darn bills. But every time I taught Business of Design Live, when I taught that BOD 15, the 15-step project management strategy, invariably somebody would say, why don't you send the log sheets? And I would say, oh, because it would just be a nightmare that clients will ask all these questions and yada, yada, yada. But I was asked that question so frequently, I finally thought... That must be a message or a sign. I'm supposed to try this. So I did. And you know what I learned? I was absolutely stunned to learn that clients had very few questions once I started sending the log sheets, particularly once I cleaned up how I create the log sheets and how I write the log sheets. They stopped asking questions and they just paid their bills. So something I fought for so many years turned out to be a really, really good choice. This is a perfect time to check in with our sponsor. And when we return, I'm going to give Lisa a nudge toward higher fees. <laughs> Big shock, right? You're all like, oh, wow, what a surprise, Kimberly. But before that, a word from our sponsor. 
As an interior design professional, you've got great taste and your clients trust you to create stunning spaces, which include, of course, practical and gorgeous window coverings, like the shutters, shades, and blinds you'll find at Blind Chalet. To help you make it all come together easily while enjoying great savings, Blind Chalet has an interior designer program. That's right. Members receive priority pricing, access to a vast inventory, and an assigned design consultant to personally handle your account, help you find the right product for each client, and keep an eye on your orders from start to finish. The affiliate program means additional opportunities to maximize your bottom line. We all like that. Visit blindchalet.com backslash design to learn more today. And by the way, you can use the promo code design55 to receive 55% off your first order. Wow. That's blindchalet.com backslash design. And I want to say thank you, Blind Chalet, for supporting Business of Design's podcast and for supporting this amazing community. Look Look at all the things you've done in a year and a half. Like you've narrowed your focus. You've, you're, you've figured out your process. You're satisfying clients so much so that your phone is ringing with repeat and referral business and you don't even really need to market yourself anymore. Like that's, that's really fast. That's a fast track to superstar success. I want to ask you, too, when was the last time you raised your rates? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday? I, I knew, yeah. <laughs> I knew that you're going to ask me that. And I, I, got to like, I got to raise my rate before. <laughs> so I'm so happy to hear that. that. Because the best time to raise your rate is when you're super busy, right? That's the perfect time yes, to raise your rate. Right. So what do you charge for that two-hour consultation? Uh, 450 Oh, you mean 600, right? Uh, no, I used to do 300, so now it's 450. Oh, um, well, maybe next month it'll be 600. Because the thing is, you just said yourself, you have an inquiry coming every single day. You need to start weeding out some of the people, like self-selection. And I think that con- that consultation fee can do that, right? It will. A few people will say, oh, this is too expensive. Good, okay, bye. And then you'll focus in on those people who think $600 is a great deal for two hours with a professional interior designer architect. Right. Anyway, yeah, something to think about. Good for you. Okay, keep going. Keep going. We're all like fascinated. Uh, yeah. So first of all, I wanted to say that uh, I, um, I want to say thank you for this success because without your, your program, that wouldn't be possible. Also, without this awful first year, it wouldn't be possible as well. Because if it wouldn't be that bad, I would try to you know, stick to this old strategy which yeah. used to work, you know, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, so I, I put trust into the system even without, you know, knowing you or just read a book and watching videos uh, because I had nothing to lose at that. <laughs> That's such a good point. Like the, the, the quicker you can hit bottom and realize it's just not yeah. working and abandon the old techniques and try something new, the faster, right? Like that was one of my biggest problems. It's one of the reasons it took me so long to develop the process I had because I kept trying to convince my coach that a lot of what I was doing was working. And she just kept saying, no, it's it's not working. It's not working. Let it go. So good. Like just throw your hands up and abandon it and start something different. Try something different, which is what you did. 
Yes. So, and going back to the style discovery process, so this is uh, in my you know, long-term plan. I think uh, I will so at some point will drop it when I will see that I actually can do it in the first consultation you know, efficiently and uh, you know cover everything you know with the process. Because yes, I mean, I think this is the longest to take, you know, to explain each you know step, to tell them how the trading is going to be, how the presentation is going to be. I show my clients at the first meeting, at the consultation, I show them the furniture proposal signed by my other clients. And this is a very strategic thing because uh, I'm telling them that usually at the presentation, most of my clients uh, accept everything uh, without revisions or very, with very minor revisions, and they sign the furniture proposal. And I, because I have it physical, you know, this you know, pack of paper in my hand with physical you know, signature, people already know, so yeah, other people did that. Yeah. And then I show them, oh, this is, was the before photo, and this was after photo for the same project. Oh. And after photo is professionally photographed, you know, styled, room and then I show them how the sketch for this room looked like which they can see you know how the presentation material are related to the final photo so and I see that this moment this is the most important moment that people said yes first of all other people did that yeah they can see the total number for the furniture and it was like decent yeah yeah (laughs) and they can see the final result so basically basically I'm saying that like I've done that you can trust me you know look (laughs) I love it who wouldn't hire you with all that like that's very cool so once you um, once so, they say yes, which obviously they're going to say yes, right? Once they say yes, then how do you keep your clients in, how do you keep them aware of what's happening next? How do you stay on top of their expectations? Yeah, so first, um, in the, present, in the uh, first consultation, I, I walk them through the whole process. And I'm telling them what's going to happen on each moment. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell them good things and also bad things. Yes. Like deficiencies. Uh, so first of all, there is no, but then uh, each time I meet them, uh, I'm telling them again. So basically I'm repeating the same information, but in more detail, like what's, what they're going to see next, what's going to happen next. And so they never really need to ask me what are the next steps. And I even can tell them how they're going to feel about, you know, the process. I'm going to say that, yeah, we're going to have you know, budget, like space planning and budget review meeting after style presentation and this is meeting you're probably going to get upset <laughs> because you know the numbers total are going to be probably more than you thought uh, no so not probably like definitely a, going to be more than you thought yeah, definitely, definitely. Going to be more than you thought <laughs> so I just want to say too and, you know uh, when we we just redid the BOD 15 and now every single step is has a wrap-up that includes how to prepare the clients for the next step. So some of this is now incorporated into BOD 15 because I found I was doing a lot of those things naturally, but hadn't communicated that to business of design members. So um, that's that's exciting to hear that you're already doing that. I can't that. wait to watch. <laughs> Yeah, the new website is amazing. I, I glanced, uh, you know, that looks like, oh my God, I need to take block my time <laughs> and rewatch it all again. Well, I'll tell you um, something that pe- people don't know. Cheryl is very, um, Cheryl is very calm and measured. She doesn't get excited very often. She doesn't, she doesn't get angry. She doesn't lose her mind, but she also doesn't get really perky and excited about things. And I was in the middle of filming, refilming the BOD 15 and I, we were on a Zoom call with other Team BOD people. And I said, you know, I really hope the courses are better. And Cheryl goes, what? 
they're so much better. Oh my God. And we're all like, Cheryl, did you just have an outburst? Like that was a crazy (laughs) amount of emotion for Cheryl. So I know they're better because of Cheryl. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. I can't wait to, to watch all of it. You have everything you need, right? You're an architect you're an interior designer, you've lived and worked internationally. Like who isn't going to trust what you say and hire you? I'd hire you in a minute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, well, so I, I do think that it's important to, um, to you know, constantly adjust and see, you know, how it Because when you grow in, then you, you can clean up your, your process and uh, at the presentation, then it is really easy to get uh, the deposit on 100% upfront for everything. And even if we talked about, you know, X dollars and then the presentation is, you know, 20 to 70% more, that is still fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, if they agree to that. So then it's more like, well, that was impossible for me in the beginning, like to get 100% deposit on the presentation. Like I couldn't dream about it yeah. in my wildest, you know, that's why so your story's so now, incredible. Uh, year and a half in, and look at—I mean, it's just extraordinary what you've been able to accomplish in a year and a half. Is incredible. Yes, well, I'm getting there. Uh, but in my experience, what was happening also when I present like the full layout and then and on the budget for that, then the people would say, "Okay, let's do first the main rooms, like the first floor, and you know, the living room, kitchen, and then dining room, and like." family room and then the bedrooms and upstairs we're gonna do like in the six months right which is also fine with me yeah like i prefer to do less rooms but finished yes you know then me too and it's a good way to keep your client pipeline filled i'm like that's great the only time i'll kind of suggest maybe they don't do that is if we're doing a lot of demolition i try to then get them to group all the things that need demolishing at the same time because then there's some economies of scale right you only have to rent the bin once you only have to have the demolition team once so you do sometimes have to help them you know group things like okay if you want to cut this into phases let's do the kitchen's the kitchen and the two bathrooms and then we'll do all the other decorating rooms or whatever so i think yes, you're compl- yes. such an inspiration to everybody um i don't you know mm-hmm. i don't know because you're in the middle of your business maybe you don't see how incredible and extraordinary it is what you've been able to accomplish in such a short time thank you so much kimberly <laughs> Clearly, I'm done. Like my job is finished. Lisa's going to be taking over business of design. Everybody, the new the new advocate in chief for business of design. I don't have anything left to do. You've got it going on. I'm so excited for you. What happens at the end of the project? Do you make a point of staying in touch with your clients when it's all over? Oh yes. So first of all, I do client binder, which was a huge hit, and I also show client binder on the first uh, consultation. <laughs> I'm going to show them what they're going to get. It's very pretty. It's printed in all the photos and it's, it's a good quality uh, um, binder so people in the, they always were impressed with that and I was like wow we didn't even know that this is possible <laughs> so then uh, in the end of the project so I give this binder with a no thank you gift and then I'm telling them like okay so my job is done thank you so much and like if you want to do any other projects I'm always here I'd love to work with you also if your friends are interested uh, also let, let me know <laughs> Also, um, I'm telling them that, like, uh, I have a 
each uh, like six months and one year and two years and three years each uh, after project complete i'm going to call them and i'm going to ask them questions about their furniture and finishes uh, to find out, you know, is it a good uh, quality piece? Like, are they happy still with their upholstery? And what about their floor finish? And um, I also try to, if it's possible, you know, to come and visit them in the time and take photos of items, which I use later. So this, this is not only I remind myself about, you know, a client about me, also to make sure that they're happy mm-hmm. still after you know, all these years of abuse of the furniture of the big family. <laughs> but that also gives you a also, chance to check back in with your former clients and say, how are you? And they're like, wow, this is really impressive. A year later, she's still wondering how the sofa is working for us. Like... Yeah, you're just now and making me look a- bad, Lisa. Now I got to change what I'm doing a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, we should never have had you on the show. This was a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter, I really love my clients. Like, most of my clients are so amazing. I, in the end of project, I'm so sad that this is this is mm. it. Like, and I'm mm. staying on this you know, photographed, finished style room. Like. Oh my God, I need to leave now. <laughs> I don't want to leave. <laughs> I want to stay here yeah. and hang out with them more. So yeah. some of my clients became my friends. Actually, this remember I told you the very first client who recommended me to fight neighbors. They become my very close friends. They came to my wedding and uh, we're still in touch. And uh, they even asked me, they, they got a new baby and they asked me to decorate their nursery remotely, you know, from the US. And uh, so oh that's, that's amazing. And, and I really love this connection you know which you build you build this you know mutual trust and you're going to understand how they live you know all their habits uh so this is something that i don't want to just forget after the you know the project is done i still want to to, to continue knowing them oh, it's such a win-win for everybody like thank you so much what a feel-good story and just to for if you're listening and you're not where lisa is just know that you could be there too that that it can happen quickly, like it's happened for Lisa. It could be transformative. Just don't do what I did. Let go of the bad ideas quicker. <laughs> Let them go. Don't fight to protect what isn't working. Just abandon it immediately and try something new. Lisa, you know we like to end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, uh- Time tracking. Yeah, we didn't talk about it today, but this is the most painful uh, thing for me, just to be, uh, you know, to have this commitment to track your time, to bill for your time. Um, And even if you do flat fees, just still track your time every day, you know. I can tell that sometimes I would track my time and then I would forget, you know, get busy. And it's like, oh, my God, I didn't record my hours for this week at all. And now I need to go back and, and, you know, feel it all. So um, after I really understand that this is where my profitability goes out of the window when I underestimate. Yeah. My uh, my time and when I started just just every day you know I, I finished at five like at five I should release my nanny so it's at four thirty I just have an alarm and then I say okay so and then I just write everything also before lunch you know when you're getting hungry you want to eat I said like this is a uh, this is an alarm for me to record my hours you know what I did between you no know, eight a.m. and like eleven thirty yeah <laughs> so like I don't go to eat uh, if I didn't log my morning hours. Yeah. It's such a good so, habit. Like, and it's because you can forget, right? Like, the other day I did it. I yeah. didn't, for some reason, I just didn't log my hours for the day. And the next day I'm like, what did I do yesterday? I can't remember anything. Well, then right. I got an email from my cabinet maker who said, did, did you finish with the shop drawings? I'm like, oh my God, I spent an hour. 
approving shop drawings, which I didn't even write down, like a full hour. That's a that's profitability out the window, just like you said. Such good advice. And even if you're doing a flat fee, maybe especially if you're doing a flat fee, because too many people hide from the numbers. And at the end of the year, they're just not making the kind of money they should be making. And the more money you make, the more happy, client, satisfied situations you're going to find yourself in, I guess let's put it that way, right? Because you can do your best work. When I'm profitable, I can do great work for clients. When I'm not profitable, I do work for clients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think this is where it was, was a pivoting part on, on like money part for me is was on the tra- uh, tracking my time. Like systems uh, helped me, you know, uh, with the process and happy clients, but with um, with my own profits, this is where was the, the problem was that I did not understand how much time I spent um, on the project. And I can tell so after I, I taught myself to do that, then I say that uh, August and September were, were two of the most profitable months for me for my entire career. Yay! During the middle of 2020, everybody. Right? Yes. Like that's pretty yeah. amazing. Because some people just threw their hands up and they're done and I quit and I'm out. But look what's happened to you. And that's, you're just going to build on that momentum. Like if you can do well this year, you can certainly do well in the years to follow. And um, I'm excited to hear about your success. I hope you'll come to a BOD live event and be the speaker so every, all the members can hear what you have to teach uh, because it's a lot. You know, what, what you've experienced and your knowledge is a lot. And I'm so grateful you were willing to come on the podcast and share it with everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate so much everything that your t- team of BRD doing. And I love Cheryl. <laughs> uh, very, excited, very excited for their um, operation manuals, right? I don't know. Oh I my got gosh. an email yesterday. Yes. Yes. So yes. Like- the feedback has been pretty exciting about the operations manual. So you get your hands on it. Can't wait for you to tell me what you think. Thanks so much for being here. Bye, everyone. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.